Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day. Um, so this is it. This is the um, beginning of what I hope to be a movement, a worldwide phenomenon called Too Lazy to Write. It's um, it's a podcast that I'm hoping to uh, develop over the next little while, a place where anything can happen and everyone is welcome. I'm going to hopefully be talking to some old friends and making some new friends along the way just to get an idea of uh of you know what I'm hoping to achieve is I'm hoping to just chat with people who I think um well I think everybody's interesting. I think everybody has an interesting story and an interesting perspective on things and um I'm hoping to talk to people who I've known or who I'm getting to know um, and uh, get their stories. Um, I think it'll be interesting. About, I would say, well, okay, before I get into that, this is my story. I'm not interesting. I um, I'm a Canadian and I now live in Virginia, um, in Northern Virginia, just outside of D.C., um, it's a bit of an interesting place. We moved here about two years ago for my wife's job and I, uh, have been doing really nothing for two years except being lazy. I've probably gained a bunch of weight. I've, uh, I've gotten better at making dinners and meals and I've gotten better at making beds. I've walked the dog countless times. I've stroked the cat more times than, uh, I can count, and that's not a euphemism for masturbating. And uh, I've met a few people. Um, it's difficult, I have to say. It's a lot more difficult at 46 uh, or 45 when I met here, when I moved here. 45, it's a lot more difficult at 45 to meet uh, people than it is, say, when you're 10 or 20 uh, or even 30. Um, people, I find, are kind of set in their ways. And if you say, Hey, you want to be my friend? Hey, you don't really want to uh, be your friend. So that's what that's got going for it. Now there's no, or I guess maybe there would have been an introduction uh, piece at the front of this because I, um, I went on fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And uh, I just got an email and uh, I went on fiverr.com and, uh, I paid people to create a jingle for me and a logo. And uh, if you're looking for something to get done, I say go to Fiverr. Fiverr Fiverr.com. Anything for five bucks. Well, starting at five bucks. I'm not endorsing. I'm not a paid sponsor for anything, whatever. Uh, So that's it. We moved here about uh, two years ago. It'll be two years in August. I have two kids. I have a wife. I have a dog. I have a cat. I had another dog, but she died, and she was the best dog ever. And I'm sure anyone who has a dog would disagree with my statement because you think you have the best dog ever, and you probably do. Um, so, you know, I was I was lying in bed, and I was well, whatever. I'm going to be all over the place because right now I don't really have a clear set path as to what I want this to do. I'm going to do some Skype and FaceTime interviews with people, and I hope that those will be interesting. Um, I did 12 years in radio uh, as a commercial writer. My primarily, occasionally, I would be the odd voice in the background, um, and 
I was, uh, in my mind, I was going to be the next greatest morning show host, and I was too lazy to do that. Um, then, after 12 years in radio and a phenomenal salary I gave up, oh my God, if you've ever worked in radio, you just know that uh, it's like a, they, they back up a truckload of money to your house twice a week, or twice a month. So, after working for 12 years in radio, I... Um, I moved on to a not-for-profit uh, in the real estate world, which was a great job too. And it 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 at, on paper at first it sounded like it was going to be a real snoozer, but it turned out that um, it was really a creative place and allowed me to do a lot more than I I thought I would be able to do. I was able to produce videos and uh, write some videos, and I met some really interesting people from all aspects of. Uh, of uh, the professional world. A lot of people who had come from a government background, a lot of people who had come from a tech background, uh, and then some creative people. It was really interesting. Um, and aside from that, I really, I mean, I'm sure as this goes on, I'll regale nobody because I'm pretty sure no one's going to be listening to this garbage, but one never knows. Um, so I, I, uh, I did a lot of, uh, writing and, uh, but the name of the podcast is too lazy to write because there's a lot more writing I want to do, but I just cannot get my stupid fat body motivated to do it. The one thing I have been doing since we moved to Virginia is growing my beard. That's the sound of my beard and, um, learning to play the banjo and I suck at the banjo, but I'm good at growing a beard. So that's a positive. Uh, it's definitely an interesting time to be living in America. And uh, we got about three months of Obama when we first moved here, but that was the, the tail end. So that was, you know, like the phoning it in pr part of the presidency when you're just sort of, you know, riding out the term. And then, of course, uh, the historic election in November of 16. Um, biggest crowds ever, biggest turnout ever, uh, most crooked, uh, batshit crazy president I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, uh, yeah, it's a fucking crazy town here, but it's funny because you meet people and you, you're hesitant to, to, you know, sort of let your politics, because as a Canadian, I don't really have a horse in the race. I just sort of watch and see this, you know. Um, crumbling democracy around me. And uh, I was out walking. It was the day after the inauguration. And it was, so it was the Women's March. And my daughter and my wife had gone to D.C. to take part in the Women's March. And I was out walking the dog. And I bumped into this guy who I'd never met before. And we said, oh, you got a nice dog. Oh, thanks. And uh, I told him I lived just a few streets over. We had moved here, et cetera, et cetera. And... Uh, you know, I said, I have a, a son who's at home right now, and I have a, my, my daughter and my wife are uh, in D.C. today for the, um, for the Women's March. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in D.C. yesterday for the, uh, you know, the uh, inauguration. And he, like, said it sheepishly, which, you know what, if you're there and you're, you know, you went to, you know, root on your racist president, then own it, you know, tell me. I went there to see him get inaugurated. Woohoo! 
don't fucking sheepishly, blah, 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 I'm so embarrassed. You should fucking be embarrassed. You elected a fucking racist, homophobic, transgender phobic, uh, everything phobic, whatever. It's a mess. And you don't want to talk to people about it because, you know, you think, you think they're like you and they're not. And, uh, that's, it's, it's an interesting place to be the good old US of A cause the, uh, desire to own a weapon is unbelievable here. People just want their guns and, uh, they love, uh, Jesus, America and guns. It's the beginning of, uh, free fallen Tom Petty. You know, she's a good girl, loved her mother, loves Jesus, and America too. And then she's crazy about Elvis and horses and her boyfriend. Um, And never, uh, since we moved here, not a day goes by when I do not hear somebody mention the words First Amendment. Like for a country that is so free, they are so worried about having their rights taken away from them every day. It's uh, First Amendment this and First Amendment that. And uh, I was actually amazed. There's a there's a license plate down here. It's a yellow bright license plate with a rattlesnake in the middle. Uh, it's a Virginia plate and it says, don't tread on me. And a woman who I met at a... Uh, Japanese restaurant informed me that that's like the slogan of the tea party. I had no idea. And it's a good thing she told me because chances are pretty good. I might've got that plate when we changed over our cars. Cause there is a myriad of license plates to choose from in this state. Uh, I got the one with the fall foliage on it and my wife just got a very plain one. But you can get license plates that say uh, choose life, which I, I thought was interesting because there's not a counter license plate to that one that says, you know, pro-choice. Um, I told my cousin about the choose life bumper sticker and he, or uh, license plate and he thought it would have been funny to get it and get it personalized to say wham. But I think only a handful of people would get that and it would piss off probably a lot of um uh, pro-life people. And yeah, I don't want that. The other thing about this particular part of America is you can be on your cell phone, uh, texting and driving and talking and checking your emails and downloading recipes while driving and no repercussions. It's just, I, some days I wish when I'm out driving, I wish I had like a Mad Max vehicle and was just able to ram these fuckers off the road. Um, but alas, you cannot do that. So that's uh, a little bit about my uh, life here in Northern Virginia. The other, th- well, yeah, I guess that's really it. I, I cook, I clean, I walk the dog, I talk, um, I watch Law & Order because there's entire networks down here dedicated to uh, the first Law & Order the SVU, no, SUV, Law and Order, and, of course, Criminal Intent. Criminal Intent, though, if it's a D'Onofrio one, I might switch. I prefer the Goldblum years, and I think it was maybe only two years, but I do enjoy watching the Goldblum do his, um, 
his detective work on Law and Order Criminal Intent. This message brought to you by NBC. Oh, I love the NBC voice guy. You know that dude? He's like, and people talk about this shit all the time, so it's nothing new, but the NBC guy is like, on a very important This Is Us. But stay up late later for Conan. Oh, Conan's not on NBC, but you know what I mean. Love that guy's voice, and I want to meet him because he does have a very rich-sounding voice. And by rich, I don't mean riddled with cash, but he probably does quite well. Uh, so yeah, since moving here, that's what I've done. Uh, I did a little bit of volunteer work a few months ago at a film festival, which is a lot of fun. I'm hoping to get back to that in the next, uh, well, when it rolls around in October. And if you happen to be in the uh, Northern Virginia area uh, towards the end of October, please feel free to check out the Washington West Film Festival. I'm wearing their hoodie right now. It was uh, a lot of fun. I got to talk to, for about a minute, um, Robert Duvall. Uh, he was eating a granola bar, and he looked like he was having a little trouble with that granola bar. So I offered him a, uh, a bottle of water, and he thanked me for it. I got it for him, and I also got him a Rice Krispie snack because that's a bit softer than a granola bar, and he's 85, I think. And then I asked him about tango dancing, and he talked to me briefly about that, and then he was off. And I met Ed Asner, which was kind of interesting, because um, he was a cantankerous, very nice man. So that was the Washington West Film Festival, and I bowl every Sunday night in a bowling league with some fantastic people. We'll probably get into that later on. That's what we call a teaser. Um, and aside from that, uh, you know, you take some day trips into the district. You go, uh, you know, go to the museums. You go have a nice dinner out somewhere with your family. You go see a couple of shows, maybe. You go down to the Verizon or the Capital One Arena, see a hockey game or a basketball game. <clears throat> we were at a basketball, or no, a hockey game, and David Letterman was there, which was kind of interesting because the game itself sucked ass. Um, it was a playoff game, uh, Caps-Penguins. We all know how that one ended. The Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup, and the Capitals went on to do nothing that year. Um, and that's, uh, I'm look, there's a thousand things more, you know, you can do in D.C. It's interesting, you go from a capital city like Ottawa, and I love Ottawa, I love my hometown, um, and then you come here to the district area, uh, what do they call it, the D, D, DMV, district, or whatever, anyway, Northern Virginia, whatever. We're like right near, so we're here, and then there's like Pennsylvania is about two hours away, and Maryland is, you know, 20 minutes away, and uh, D.C. is a half an hour away on their metro system, which is a just a nightmare. Um, <clears throat> if you ever, <clears throat> excuse me, if you ever want to feel like what it's like to be in a in a coffin and have your level of anxiety rise up to like a level you've never had before, I suggest riding the silver line. This message brought to you by the silver line. Um, and what else, uh, what the hell was I talking about? I don't know. I've listened to a lot of NPR since, uh, since I've been here too. NPR is just, so interesting, and I love it. And I listen to the CBC back in Canada, like, so rarely. Uh, and it's it's left, the CBC. This is, like, lefter than left. And, uh, but, you know, great radio is always great radio. 
Um, so I listen to that. And then when I drive home from bowling on Sunday nights, they have the, uh, I think it's the big broadcast where they play old uh, radio dramas. And it's it's usually Dragnet when I'm driving home. And it's it's fun to listen. Ow, Jesus. I just stabbed myself with a, with a uh, what's that called? Thumbtack. I think I have a touch of uh, memory loss, but that's another story. So, yeah, the anxiety level will rise when you ride the Silver Line. Um, I told you about myself, Johnny Bakes, the real John Baker on Twitter, at the real John Baker, no H, because um, it's short for Jonathan. John, J O N B A K R, the real John Baker. And uh, that. Look, there's a lot more to, uh, I, I don't, like I said, I don't think I'm an interesting person. Um, I have a, you know, I have stories from my life, but uh, they're, you know, kind of bleh. I, I've met a lot of people who I, I really, truly do believe have interesting stories to tell. And I think they're going to um, really open up. I hope they will. Um like I said, I, I have a barber here. I want to talk to him. He, I think, is more than just... Uh, that's the thing, right? I think people are more than just what you see as them, as their profession. Um, and he's a great barber, but I know he has a lot more to uh, his story than just cutting hair. Um, and and that's sort of like my my... I don't know. Maybe it's like a regret. I don't know. And maybe this talking is going to be more of, you know, a one-sided confession, a one-sided therapy session. I don't really know. But, um, you know, when I was in radio, I was always trying to, you know, I was, I was, I was looking to get ahead. I was looking to get promoted. I was looking to add more to my job. And I found, you know, part, a large part of it was, was my own doing. I would definitely not, say that it wasn't because opportunity did present itself and I was just too stupid or too lazy or too ignorant or too naive or whatever to, uh, to act on it. But I also firmly believe that when people were looking outside of the, the station, and I think this applies to any, any place you're always, people are looking outside to, to bring in and they overlook the, uh, talent within their organization. They overlook, the people who've been there for a while who may or may not have something to offer and, and they should be given a shot. And uh, I found with how it was where I worked in, in radio, people in, in the positions of power were very possessive of their positions and uh, jealous of others and felt threatened. There was a guy I worked with who every time you would suggest an idea, he would mock it and then wrap it up a different way and present it as his own and get credit for it. And I mean, I think that's normal with any job, but I always felt that like within the organization, somebody should be just scouting talent internally. And I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming maybe places do that now. I don't fucking know. Um, so having said that, I, I do firmly believe that a lot of people have a lot more to offer than just uh, what they show you on the surface. And that's sort of where I'm hoping to go with this. I think uh, people, uh, okay, enough. I've said it a thousand fucking times. 
Um, the other thing I want to explore, I think at some point during this is that moment or the moments between awake and asleep when just the nuttiest shit is flying through your head. And I always think, man, if I only had a microphone, you know, to, to address all that crazy shit that, that you mumble on in your mind about before you eventually fall into a NyQuil induced, uh, sleep that gets you up two and a half hours later to take a piss uh, and then you look at your clock or your your phone and go, oh, great, it's 2.30. I still have, you know, X more hours. That's fantastic. Why am I peeing so much? I didn't have anything to drink before bed. Um, but I guess as we get older, we pee a lot more. They don't tell you that in the handbook. <clears throat> so, um, so, yeah, last night, for instance, I was lying in bed and, you know, drifting off and it was actually a NyQuil induced, uh, sleep. But before I fell asleep, I was thinking about, for some strange reason, I was thinking about my, uh, porn collection I had when I was a young man. And it was, you know, um, by 1980s standards, it was a pretty prolific, uh, collection of erotica. I, I remember there was a couple of uh, penthouses in the mix, penthouse a little bit more risky than Playboy, but Playboy a little bit classier if you wanted a better, um, you know, classic gal, you, uh, you went for the Playboy, penthouse was a bit raunchier, then you went further down the, the pornographic chain, uh, Hustler Wee magazine, O-U-I, not W-E, O-U-I, Hustler Wee, uh, you know, Swank, Swank, of course, being what the hell am I looking at? Then there was Jugs, uh, you know, devoted primarily to Jugs. And uh, I'm sure others. I also had a copy of a book that I bought at a used bookstore that uh, they didn't really seem to care that I was only 13 when I bought it. I thought for some reason they had like, you know, some morality clause at this used bookstore downtown, but they didn't, the guy didn't care, but it was called pillow talk. And it was a collection of erotic stories. Um, and I, I had this whole great, oh yeah. So the other, well, I'll get to that in a second, but the other, so yeah, I had this whole great porn collection hidden under my nightstand, um, for like three or four years. And then as, as I got older, like then the guilt of this, cause I'm Jewish, the sort of overwhelming Jewish guilt, uh, piled up and 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 I had to get rid of this porn collection. But how do you go about getting rid of a porn collection? There wasn't a recycle bin back then that you could just, you know, jam it in between the newspapers. Um, so when I was 16 and I was, I just learned how to drive, I remember taking this stack of magazines and I don't even know how I amassed this collection. I, I mean, I told you how I got the book of erotic stories, but I don't know how I got the other shit. And um, I put it in a in a in a grocery bag, and I brought it, put it in the car, and I drove to <laughs> I drove to the library near my house, and I just opened the car door, slid the bag under the car, and drove away, never to think of that pornography again. But then I think that, you know, maybe some kid was walking in the parking lot and found this bag of porn. Um, I hope they used it well. But that reminded me when I was 
thinking of this for some strange reason about a uh, issue. There was a magazine. It was called High Society. And, of course, it only appealed to the highest members of society. And when I was in university, I saw this magazine on uh, on display at a, at a convenience store. And I took a look at it. And so High Society had a cover story. It was... It was uh, it said, we have pictures of Chuck Berry naked. Chuck Berry. And I remember thinking to myself, and I bought the, the magazine, because you don't want to miss out on that, you know, bit of, of rock and roll history right there. Um, but I bought the magazine because I, like, I just couldn't get over the absurdity of the thought that somebody in a, in a meeting somewhere at the headquarters in the boardroom of high society was like, hey, man... Uh, have I got a scoop for you? I have got pictures of a rock and roll legend naked. I have Polaroid pictures of a rock and roll legend naked. And maybe the person pitching the idea did it like as a teaser. So everybody around the table at the time would be like, oh man, a rock and roll legend naked. Uh, is it Grace Slick? Because maybe they were thinking of a woman. They were like, no, no, not Grace Slick. I don't even know if she's considered a rock and roll legend. Is it one of the women from Heart? No, no, it's neither of the women from Heart. Pat Benatar? No, not Pat Benatar. And they went, you know, down the list, down the list. Sheena Easton, maybe. Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton would have been good. Uh, country legend, but you never know. It was the early 80s. She had, a, you know, some crossover hits. Um, who else? Melissa Manchester? Uh, what was her name? Laura Branigan? These are just off the top of my head, I'm thinking. Um, it was too early for, I think Madonna, the penthouse had already come out, and, and they went around the table, around the table, shouting out names of rock and roll legends. Maybe the odd man was, you know, Steven Tyler. Uh, nope, not Steven Tyler. I have naked pictures of Chuck Berry and their Polaroids. And here they are. And then <clears throat> they showed them to the table. <clears throat> It looked like pictures of your parents just standing there looking. It was so fucking ridiculous. But, oh, my God, did Chuck Berry have a giant mule. Like that thing. Oh, baby. Johnny, be good indeed. Um, Yeah. And there's a my dingling joke in there, too, I'm sure. Um, anyway, it was just, I remember it was the most fucking ridiculous thing. Chuck Berry. Who'd want to see Chuck Berry naked? So for some reason that was rolling through my head last night that I owned a copy of this high society magazine. Google it. It, it was available. I'm sure it's probably available on eBay or something. I'm sure you could find it. I don't have my copy anymore. I actually saved that one for a while and then I got rid of it. I don't know why. Um, so that's the story about, you know, the shit between when you, uh, when you're awake and when you're asleep and just the randomness that goes through your mind. And anyway, so I think I've been talking for, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes and you've listened to me and I appreciate that. And, uh, I got to get the website up and by now, hopefully the website is up and I'm going to get a couple of these in the can as they call them. Um, we're going to have a theme song and going to send out some tweets, tweet me back, like favorite, I should probably get a Facebook account that's just for this. And I will. 
So I'm going to now try to figure out if any of this recorded, and I hope it did, and uh, then i got to figure out some other shit. I'm going to talk to my, 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 uh, my friend Brandon. Brandon is a guy who works at a music uh, school, and he's also a sound engineer, and he put up this great setup for me in my basement. Um, so that's all. And listen, it's called Too Lazy to Write because I am too lazy to write. And I'm hoping that it turns out to be, like I said, a global phenomena. It's a work in progress. You've listened this far. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye, good night, good morning, good afternoon. Drive carefully. Maybe you downloaded me and you listened to me in the car. Um, when I was in college at Algonquin College in Ottawa, uh, we had a radio station there. It's still there. It's called CKDJ. But they launched it, um, and it was 20 watts, 20 powerful, powerful watts. Check a light bulb. Your light bulb has more wattage than that radio station had. But the point being, uh, every time I would turn on the microphone, I would envision in my mind that I was talking to thousands upon thousands of people. And the reality was I was talking to my parents, my girlfriend, uh, the course director, if he was listening, and some people who just happened to come by the radio station on their travels along the dial. Um, but I'm going to approach this the same way. I am going to approach this that I am talking to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people uh, from the basement of my home in Northern Virginia. And the reality is I'm probably talking to my family, my wife, who used to be my girlfriend, maybe my children. I don't know if this is safe for them. I'm sure there's some foul language, but they've heard it all. My daughter uh, has a friend who told me a joke that was a bit more risky than I thought it would be. Um, I'm not going to repeat it, but it was it was a little shocking for a 13-year-old girl. But then again, at 13, I was, you know, my parents took me to go see Revenge of the Nerds. So that was, you know, not what they thought it was going to be. But I just took my son to go see The Shape of Water. I should have, you know, checked that out more. My son's 11. And there is a lot of nudity in that movie. There's masturbation, female masturbation. There is full frontal. And there's some weird kind of fish sex. Go figure. Anyway, leave it at that, right? Okay. TooLazyToWrite.com. And uh, leave me a message. At the real John Baker on Twitter, um, Johnny Bakes seventy one at Gmail. Until next time. Too lazy to write. We're